It's God's grace that saves a sinner, and it's grace that helps him grow. In Genesis chapter 2, we learn about the origin of marriage. The Creator of all said, It is not good that the man should be alone. God gave us the amazing gift of marriage for us to enjoy our journey on this earth. Today, we will be learning from a series on biblical principles of marriage that will help us cultivate a God-honoring relationship. Here is Pastor Wilkerson. Hello, friends, and welcome to Grace to Grow podcast. I am so glad to be able to share another time with you, and thank you for tuning in. I hope that the matter we'll talk about in regards to marriage and the fall of man in Genesis chapter 3 will be advantageous to your life. And uh, may it uh, turn light bulbs in our understanding. The entrance of God's word giveth light, giveth understanding to the simple. And I hope something said today would provide understanding and light to you and certainly grace to grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Genesis chapter 3, we have here the fall of man, one of the darkest chapters of our Bible. It's where sin started from. Every time you've heard the word cancer, it starts in Genesis chapter 3. Every time a child is hurt, it's Genesis chapter 3. Every drunken stupor began in Genesis chapter 3. Every mass shooting took place the first time in this terrible chapter of God's Word. And yet there are principles, I think, that can help us because this is the first marriage, Adam and Eve. And we find them in a beautiful environment. Now, our marriages are not always in the most beautiful environment. We are fallen creatures with differences and damages, no doubt about that. However, we see in a perfect environment, we still had a problem, and uh, we'll pick it up in Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 1. Now, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know. That in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, once again you see the three tactics in which Satan appeals to us to sin, which is the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, that's the uh, desire to make one wise, and uh, the lust of the flesh, something that would be good, we'd like it. Then he gave it to her, and uh, she ate the fruit thereof, and gave it also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked. And uh, they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the cool uh, in the garden, the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord and amongst the trees of the garden. Of course, a sad story here, but we are very familiar with this. This is where sin entered into the world. But a couple of things I think we can take as 
principles to learn regarding our relationship with our spouse in particular and the beautiful concept of marriage. Number one is the principle of contentment. It's interesting to me that this garden, however large it was, had everything a person could ever want. I kind of like raspberries. I'm sure there were raspberries. (laughs) I like uh, kiwis. I'm sure there are kiwis and bananas and apples and oranges and peaches and nectarines and whatever else you would enjoy. If you like vegetables, every amount of vegetables that you could ever dream of were in the garden. But there was one tree that was forbidden. And that's where Satan either led Eve or Eve was there already. That's where he met her. He met her at the place and the surroundings of the forbidden tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You know, it's amazing to me, but I feel like that one of the grave challenges to marriage is contentment, is contentment. The Bible tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 6, 6 and 8, but godliness with contentment is great gain. God says, if you will live a godly, holy life and be contented with what you have, that's great gain. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 5, he said, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have, knowing this, that God will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's what the Lord said. And by the way, if if I lost everything I have presently and I still have God, well, he's enough. (laughs) I can trust him and I have all that I need. You know, contentment is realizing that I've been given everything I need for my present happiness. So if I'm not happy, it's not God's fault. Now, that's me. I'll take response. I need to own that. But Satan loves to find discontented people. And uh, discontented husbands, discontented wives, he can create a lot of destruction in that way. You know, uh, the Bible says a contentious woman is something that uh, is spoken about in the book of Proverbs. And of course, has the same root word, contempt, not contempt, frustrated. A contentious woman's hard to deal with. A contentious man, you know, you say, boy, you tell you what, if you, if you, you stop the wood and the fire goes out, of discontentment and uh, contention. Where no wood is, the fire goeth out. And you take away a, a contender, someone who is just stirring it up. Many things in our life we ought to really acknowledge, but we need to watch guard around our spirit. Do we have a contented spirit? Satan met Eve at the very tree that she was uh, forbidden to eat of, and he began to tempt her. I think contentment is a great attribute for every married man or woman. You want to be a blessing to your spouse, give them a contented person. Are you happy with the house? If you're not, why not? Put your key in the door tonight and say, Lord, thank you for this house. This is where you let us live. Thank you for this. Boy, uh, the sin of unthankfulness and failing to thank God for his goodness. Who do we think we are? What do we deserve? If I understand my Bible right, I deserved hell yesterday. And everything God has given me has been so good to me. I have been to some of the more wealthy homes in our world, and I have been to some of the more impoverished places of the world. I remember years ago being called to go and minister to a couple out in Bel Air, in uh, in Beverly Hills area. And uh, they 
it was uh, there was a, a housekeeper that went to our church that worked for this family. They were having a hard time on the brink of divorce. And uh, they wanted me to come out and talk to them, but it was futile. But I remember pulling up there and parking and they had their butler come out to the gate and unlock the gate. There was a dog trainer there trying to help the missus know how to take care of her dog. And, and she said, I'll be with you. And I want you to walk around the back in the backyard. I went out there. There's a pool and it had the lion with the, the water coming out of his mouth out of the pool and a deep end and a shallow end and then a little jacuzzi. And, and the man was sitting in the, in the house and he was in a big entertainment room with the television about as big as the wall and, and just little people helping and serving him. I remember sitting down and we didn't get very far because uh, you could just cut the friction with a knife. It was terrible. You know, I'd been to other places in Mexico and Honduras and Nicaragua, in Africa and Ghana and, and uh, Namibia, Kenya. Some of the houses I went to, they didn't have, have cement on the floor. It was a dirt floor, but it was clean and the people were happy. And the man would introduce me to his wife and his children with big smiles and happy to have me there. Happy, I was happy to be there. And... Uh, they were just very, very pleased. You know, it reminded me real quickly that a man's life does not consist of the things he possesses. You really be a contented person. Number two, stay connected to your spouse. My opinion is here that Satan knew that he could not attack Eve and Adam while they were together. He had to get them separated. He likes to separate so that he can have a wedge between a married couple. One of the challenging things in marriage is to be content and to stay connected. Um, there's no other relationship apart from God that's more important than for a husband to stay connected to his wife spiritually, emotionally, physically. This is important. Uh, of course, whenever God closed out the Old Testament in Malachi, he said, I, I want, I want uh, a prophet to come and to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and children of the father. One of the biggest breakdowns of our society is a lack of paternal involvement and affirmation. So many kids struggle because they don't know their dad or their dad is not giving them paternal affirmation. Confidence, love, assurance, affection, admiration, encouragement. It's so needed, but it's, it's needed especially in marriage. Staying together spiritually. Friend, if you want to have the marriage you want to have spiritually, do be a five-star Christian. Go to church every week. Read your Bible every day. Pray every day independently and together. Give to the Lord faithfully, especially the time and beyond the time, and then share the gospel with other people. To stay connected, emotionally communicate. We'll talk about that on another broadcast. We've got to work at communication. And then stay connected physically with sweet intimacy. Boy, the atmosphere of a marriage should be love and affection. The act is intimacy. And that atmosphere must be there. And if it's not there, Satan will tempt you for your incontentency. 
as you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 7. He said, oh, there'll be a times where a man and his wife may not be physical. And that will be a time that they decide together to fast and pray. And then the Bible says, come back together again, that Satan tempt you not for your incontentency. Make sure that you stay connected. Two principles we learned today from Genesis chapter 3, the principle of contentment and the principle of connection. It takes work to stay connected. Keep working at it. Your marriage is worth it. No one is more in your corner for your marriage than God is. Work with Him and stay connected and content in the relationship that God's given. God bless you and have a wonderful day in Jesus. The opportunity for a man and woman to be one flesh is a gift given to us by God. We pray this series will be an encouragement and tool that allows you to keep investing in your marriage so that it may be a light of God's love in this lost world. Please consider sharing this podcast so it may be a blessing to others. Have a great day in Jesus.